This is Cole. Learn how to tell stories in logic. My God. <laughs> You're so, this is so hard. And this is Ron. Yes. I hate your guts. Oh, that's a lie. That's a lie right there. Oh, desperation is a stinky cologne. We are the creative team. Oh, my God. I quit. Well, it's the big hole. Did you really just book that? <laughs> Michael Jordan and The Undertaker. Uh, in your face. One of them has 30 years, and the other one is just Michael Jordan. Woo! Welcome back to another exciting episode of... Oh! The Creative Team. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another exciting episode of... The Creative Team. I am your host, Cole Dawson, and with me, as always, my hashtag team partner, Ron Kilborn. Ronald, how you doing today, bud? Oh, it's a fantastic week, Cole. Uh, I, last week, I'm still reeling from uh, the Sabotage draft, but you know, we gotta we gotta touch on it just a little bit. First of all, congratulations on winning, I guess? <laughs> on not losing? <laughs> yeah, by not losing, perfect. But uh, you know, it might not matter at this point, but I kind of discovered something. I accidentally cheated. Oh, yeah? How did you cheat, sir? Uh, someone got left off. Someone actually was sitting in the Triple H spot, even though that was a brand Uh-oh. new rule. And you do, you know, <laughs> do you know who that was? I do not, sir. Oh, g- give it a guess. Uh, I don't. Well, hold on. Ba-da-da-da. No, no cheating. Notebook. I'll just tell you. No, no, I just want to see who's <laughs> on your list. Uh, so uh, my guess would be uh damien demento no no okay he, he was in the semi-main event oh okay james ellsworth no he was the oh one he, he was part of the match that everyone loved to hide and right <laughs> okay Remember? bud okay you you go ahead and give me who did you leave off your list i left off mordecai oh <laughs> oh dang it well, i know that's okay I know. It's okay. It, it does, didn't help you. <laughs> it didn't. It wouldn't have. I, but I wonder if had I just thrown him into any of those matches, I think I may have won the day. But no. Well, I feel like Mordecai and Damian Demento could have been a cool tag team, actually. Like it would that would have been, been great. Jobber tag team. It would have worked out. They, you know, there's a theme there. Kind of weird. Why well, could the Boogeyman too? Yeah, I could have put him in the main event with uh, Berserker and Mantar. I think he would fit right in. Like it, it would look like it would look like a really bad uh, Highlander movie. Oh well, yes the the uh, a sabotage draft was fun. The judges had a blast. Uh, absolutely had a blast with the judges. Thanks again, Wade Needham for being here, and Jeremy James, and of course Gregory Iron. Uh, but yeah, Gregory Iron dropped a little uh, little bomb there. That was fun. I was. I mean, have you ever heard anyone else say anything negative about Al Snow ever? I have not. Uh... <laughs> Not at all, and and you know he he kind of pissed on my cornflakes and told me there was no Santa Claus because you know I like most wrestling fans in their early thirties you know watched him in Tough Enough I was like man now that's a wrestling dad I want and uh, boy that's that wasn't the case in the, the in the description of old Gregory Iron and um, yeah yeah definitely the first time I've ever heard of uh, any sort of negativity on one Al Snow kind of shocking. Yeah, so maybe one we'll have him back and dig into that a little bit. Uh, I think every time we have him on the show from now on, we're definitely going to have an Al Snow question for him. So. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when we finally start our promotion, maybe we can have a tag match between Al Snow and Head versus uh, Gregory Iron and Zach Gowan. Yeah. I heard that tag team would cost an arm and a leg, though. <laughs> oh, man. man. So uh, I had the COVID last week. 
Uh, I'm I'm on the mend. I'm recovering. I still have the cough, so uh, Ron will be on the cough button today, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, he's a fantastic editor, and so uh, you you hopefully won't hear me. But you know, knowing Ron, he'll like amplify and add echo and shit to all my coughs. Be like, God, look at this unprofessional piece of shit here. So <laughs> yeah, I just love how you said. Hopefully, you won't hear me, like at all. <laughs> like just complete. It's just oh. Ron talking. Yeah, especially when Ron cracks me up today, uh, when he makes me laugh, it, the coughs will be uh, soon to follow, and hopefully I don't die uh, uh, during this podcast, a la uh, Tony, Sh- Tony Schiavone, <laughs> one of the first times uh, Conrad really got him on their podcast. So, But enough talking about other people's bullshit podcasts. What are we doing today, bud? Oh, man. Well, it's funny you should ask because, you know, I don't know why you think I'm going to make you laugh today because it's a very serious topic. And it's one of those things that everyone fantasized about. And uh, we're going to be talking about one person today. And because of that, it's because we are going to be uh, doing another special Take It Up With Creative. But this is going to be, we're not really correcting any history. I mean, unless, you know, however you want to look at it. But the one singular person we're talking about, his name is John Cena! Am I doing it right? No. Yeah, Whatever. yeah, sounds pretty good. Yeah, actually. it sounds good, right? Anyway, but we're going to be discussing Mr. Cena, uh, and not for anything creatively as far as what happened, and we're going to correct correct it, because let's face it, the guy did okay. But the one yeah, thing... Right. <laughs> it's it's not like he didn't get a push. I mean, right. it's not like they held him down or, or didn't he didn't achieve his full potential. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he definitely he's definitely had his moments. And I don't think they're done by a long shot. We're going to be talking about John Cena turning heel. How could it have happened? When should it have happened? Should it have happened? And I think we can all agree that it should have happened at some point. Or it should happen down the road. They teased it with uh, the Bray Wyatt match at that uh, at the cinematic WrestleMania match where he came out dressed as the NWO. That was fun to watch. One of those fantasy things like, oh, if Cena was going to turn heel, this would be the ideal scenario. But no. That's why we're here today. That's why we're here at the creative team. We're not going to just settle for just putting the NWO shirt on John Cena. We're going to dive into our brains, and we're going to try to come up with a way to turn this man heel. Because we live in a generation, Cole, in the wrestling universe, where turning heel means you get cheers. And I don't know about you, but (laughs) when I was growing up in the new generation era, the heels were heels, you hated the heels, you wanted to see the heels die. Well, lose, or get embarrassed, not die. Some of them, the real good ones, made you want to wish death on them. Yes. Uh, but today, now it's cool to be heel. Uh, but ha- and that, I think that's going to be part of the challenge because depending on when we turn the man heel, we have to do it in a way that even the smart marks would hate this piece of shit. Well, I I think what a uh, kind of what has inspired us to talk about this is, is really what's been going on with Roman Reigns for the last year or so. Um, because he basically had the same fate as John Cena, where he was in a heel faction, sort of. And uh, he did some cool stuff, and he kind of got over with the fans. And uh, the smart fans, so to speak, um, we'll, we'll call them smart fans for today. Um, they just, they kind of got behind him. Um, you know, it, this happened with Roman Reigns. And, and these are guys that didn't necessarily have long careers in the wrestling business. So they were still learning the wrestling business. Um, but the fans really got behind them and kind of forced WWE to put the machine behind them and push them before they were quite ready 
for that gigantic push, and they weren't quite ready to be in prime time. Um, but they got there, and then once they got there, uh, everyone realized, okay, this is a, a little minnow in an ocean now where he was a big fish in a small pond before, and uh, they weren't ready for the spotlight, and so the fans turned on them violently, and uh, they they had this long, just, you know, this long term of the fans are being sick of this guy. Well, in the case of Roman Reigns, they did turn him heel, and it's kind of revived his career, and uh, it's turned the fans on his side now. He's starting to get cheered because he's an entertaining heel, and he's interesting, and he's figured out the wrestling business over the last couple years. Now he's having good matches. I mean, that was really the big thing. Roman wasn't ready to have main event, 30-minute, 20-minute matches. John Cena was in the same boat, wasn't quite ready for that spotlight. And uh, I think the fans feel like, uh, you know, these guys got to jump the line of the workers that they did appreciate. So, you know, we'll go through John Cena's career. But uh, is that kind of where, where, where you're at, why we're talking about this today? Or am I talking out of my ass? As no, know? no, it's definitely a hot button and why people talk about it to this day is because, you know, I feel like with Roman, they learned from their mistake with Cena, which is, you know, hey, this isn't working. So let's turn him went like as you know let's turn him the way we should have turned cena at the time but you know it's also up to the the gentleman too because like it or not cena was making buku bucks on his merch and he's got an image to uphold with you know the man's got more make-a-wish uh you know turnarounds than like a full team of of nfl players yeah i mean he surpassed hogan long ago and uh i mean you know, John Cena's always been over with the kids because he's a white meat baby face superhero who's, you know, clean cut and good to go. And he doesn't do dastardly things. And of course, John Cena's a very attractive, handsome man. So he's over with the young ladies as well and uh, grown women and probably the old ladies at this point, too. But uh, <clears throat> so it's just it's weird how sometimes they'll listen to the fans and the crowd reaction and they'll go with it because like. We had the same thing with The Rock, you know, when Rocky Maivia debuted. Um, but that was just a, a hot turd from the get-go. The fans were like, oh, fuck this guy. Like, immediately, they didn't even give him a chance no. to get over. And they just buried him. And so they, they called the Audible and turned him heel. And the rest is history. He's the biggest movie star in the world right now. Yeah, so, he did okay. Yeah, I, I think it worked out. It, this is just one of those cases. It's, it's more, I think, it's more like Hulk Hogan. In the 80s, the fans kind of started to get tired of Hulkamania and the red and yellow. In the early 90s, when, you know, th times were starting to change, things were starting to get a little more edgy, and he was still doing the same shtick, and the fans were kind of getting sick of it, and it really hurt the whole wrestling business. I mean, as a whole, the business took a dump, and that's when we had that new generation era where all the big stars from the 80s kind of left and moved on, and uh, we were left with a bunch of new guys that no one had ever heard of, and then finally we got the Hogan turn and it reignited the wrestling business. So um, I feel like them not turning Cena heel really had the same effect where it just hurt the business in the in the early 2000s. Like, you know, because there was a real hot period from 96 through about 2002 and then things started to cool down and they just couldn't get a hit. They just didn't have any big stars. And I think a Cena heel turn could have reignited that a little bit. So let's get into it, unless you have anything else to add before I before I do this. No, let's do it. 
All right. So June 27th, 2002. And that's weird for me to say out loud. Like 2002, John Cena makes his debut. Like it feels like he's a completely different generation than like Rock, Austin, and Hogan. But he was there. Like he touched with all these people. They were like the same time. But uh, so June 27th, uh, Kurt Angle does the open challenge. Vince McMahon, a couple days before this, cuts the ruthless aggression promo. And uh, Cena makes the call, and, and, and he comes out, beats Kurt Angle in his debut. And, uh, you know, that was in June. By October, he's doing jobs with Billy Kidman, and things aren't looking too good for, for, for John. He's just about to get released when all of a sudden Stephanie McMahon happens to be backstage with John Cena. He's sitting around with a couple of the boys, and he's freestyle rapping, and it tickled Stephanie McMahon. So on the Halloween episode in 2002, John Cena dressed as Vanilla Ice, of course, because he's white, and he does the rap on TV, and it's a huge hit. It takes off from there, and that gives birth to the Doctor of Thugonomics gimmick, and John Cena is still a heel at this point because um, he's going out and, and uh, doing his freestyle raps and uh, burying guys, whoever he's working with. But he's funny. He's entertaining. He's witty. And so the fans are kind of starting to get behind it. And, uh, you know, after after the turn, he had a couple tag teams with Bull Buchanan and Red Dog. Uh, I don't know that we're ever going to talk about Red Dog again. You had any Red Dog memories there, Ronald? Uh, that was a red dog. Well, no, I, uh, I'm a, I'm a fan of his wife, Jazz. Uh, Rodney Mack is a hell of a talent. Uh, and uh, B squared, you know, Bull Buchanan, you know. Yes, this uh, was I, the B squared. This was the B squared days. Uh, I, I prefer Bull Buchanan in the right to censor. Uh, B squared was not a thing of uh, any remembrance. Um, but yeah, moving on. Yeah, so we finished up 2002 with some random tag teams, Doctor of Thugonomics. Uh, started to get over, so he had a couple title matches with Brock Lesnar in early 2003, uh, and then he started getting some wins over some big names. We got wins over Eddie Guerrero and The Undertaker, and uh, had another title shot at Backlash versus Lesnar. By by no mercy, the fans had basically forced WWE's hand, and they had to turn John Cena into a babyface, and uh, that led up to WrestleMania 20 where he won his first singles title. If everyone remember, that was the famous uh, FU to the big show. Uh, he won the uh, United States Championship. Uh, and and so that was a good year for him. Uh, 2005, you could tell John Cena's starting to climb up the cards now. Uh, he is in the final two of the Royal Rumble. This is a match we've talked about a couple times here recently. Uh, this is one where... Uh, Cena and Batista take one hell of a bump as they screw up and both go over the top rope at the same time, uh, falling to the floor, hitting at exactly the same time, uh, followed by Vince McMahon doing the pissed-off walk down to the ring and tearing both of his quads. Uh, so they restarted the match. Batista won. Uh, and so at the next pay-per-view, which was no way out, John Cena won a number one contenders match, and he got his first uh, title shot against JBL. At WrestleMania 21, John Cena. My favorite WrestleMania of all time. <laughs> WrestleMania 21, John Cena wins his first WWF championship. I'm not sure if it was the SmackDown or the Raw title, but it was one of Smackdown. the titles. Yeah. And uh, right away, the fans immediately turned on him because his first feud after JBL was with Chris Jericho. 
And so this is, I mean, almost immediately the fans were with him um, from 2003 to 2005, 2006. And then, you know, the feud with Jericho, they start to boo John. Uh, the boos start to become apparent. And then he moves on from uh, Chris Jericho to Kurt Angle. And the booing was undeniable at this point. Like they were booing Cena out of the building. Uh, the fans had decided that they wanted the wrestlers wrestlers to be the champion and John Cena was not quite up to par. Um, but this stretch of his world title run and the fans booing the crap out of him culminated at uh, ECW one night stand. Um, this was fun doing this research because I didn't realize these things were all right on top of each other, but they absolutely were. And uh, I mean, to the point where this was the fans chanting, fuck you, Cena, you still suck, you can't wrestle. And it felt like there might be a riot if John Cena had beat Rob Van Dam that night at ECW. Um, but this was, that was it. John Cena was under with the fans and they've been booing him for 16 years. I think this year when he came back at SummerSlam was the first time he got a full crowd cheering reaction um and i think it's just because they realize he's been gone and it's you know it took him 15 years to win the crowd back over fully but i think he's finally done it um but i don't think it's arguable that if there would have been a heel turn somewhere in there uh he could have won the fans back over as an entertaining heel so that leaves us where we are today we don't need to go over the whole rest of the 15 years of john cena uh this is this gets us to our point um, John Cena is now hated by the fans, at least the smart fans, and it's gone on for a very long time. So, Ronald. Unfairly, are, might I yes, add. Uh, yeah, I, I just after this, not too long after the Rob Van Dam thing, is when he started having the matches. Like, he had the feud with Umaga, and then he had the uh, the match, he had the triple threat with Christian and Jericho. The back-to-back -back started... matches with Shawn Michaels. Yeah. Yeah, Fantastic. the big match was yeah he started, at, at, but it it was just too late. The damage was done. The fans had made up their mind that John was not a good worker. He was not a a bell to bell performer, uh, so to speak. And uh, he's been fighting it for fifteen years. Go back and watch WrestleMania twenty two. Him versus Triple H is a fantastic main event, and you can call that entire match in the ring. The crowd was just eating it up the entire time totally polarizing everyone was on triple h's side even though he was the dastardly heel that yes. was like that was like where where i like really noticed like oh it's not just some trolls in the audience this is a universal we don't like this champion you're giving yes. us to the point we're gonna we're gonna cheer for the guy we have the john the current john Cena opinions prior but now yes. <laughs> now now we're cheering the the other golden boy that the internet kind of, you know, smeared on. So, yeah, I, I, I think John Cena has uh, caught a bad break. I, I've, I personally have enjoyed most of his matches. Um, and I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking to do some justice as to if we were there and they actually pulled the trigger, how the hell could we turn the biggest baby face ever currently heel uh, and do it correctly without making the audience jump back on his side? We, I mean, yeah, because at this point, we are looking at 20 years of John Cena. Like, from yeah. 2002 to 2022, we've got 20 years of John Cena. And, yeah, the first five were a bit rough. But at, since then, it's been just <laughs> nothing but 
he's just done nothing but deliver. I mean, he's earned the nickname Big John or Big Match John for a reason. I mean, yes. it's it's not bullshit. He's great, uh, and and I just I don't think there's any denying it at this point. Like even Dave Meltzer has given Cena a bunch of four and a half star four ma- four star matches at this point, which I mean, up until the last couple of years meant something. Uh, it doesn't mean anything anymore. No, no, no. Uh, now that no. we've had all the been... seven star and six star matches, but no, let me tell you something. Oh. People at home, I dropped my camera and I've been fixing. I know, it last, and I've just been trying seconds. to ramble on so that you. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I've been a detective with Mister Meltzer's fucking five star ratings and star rating in general, and uh, it ain't. It hasn't been the last couple of years that the credibility has been gone. Oh no, because we like to go back to what? What did he give uh, Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant at WrestleMania three? Uh, negative four stars. So our negative three stars. Because the negative four star match was right and rightfully so was the Hogan Warrior WCW thing. That was the first negative four star match. But yeah, negative three stars to the greatest wrestling match in the history of the world, basically. Drew the most money, biggest crowd, like I mean, just absolutely ridiculous to call Andre versus Hogan. Yeah. Yes. I'm setting that up with that question because he gave the kennel from hell star and a half. <laughs> So the match that had dogs pissing and fucking in it, yeah, got uh, in mathematical uh, sense three and a half stars more than Hogan versus Andre. Yeah, yeah, that that that's absolute garbage. But yes, I mean the fact that AEW has already had more five star matches than the entire history of WWF kind of lends you know that explains how credible uh, it is. I mean. Uh, I like Chuck Taylor, but Chuck Taylor has more five-star matches than Kurt Angle, Mr. Perfect, and Bret Hart combined. So, uh, yeah, fuck you, Dave Meltzer. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you have no credibility. <laughs> yeah, so let's let's transition from five from five fake stars to one actual star in John yes. Cena. And uh, Cole, you got to pitch me how you would turn Mr. Cena heel. Okay. So once I started going through the research, this was like – easy for me because this is the most heat-seeking missile possible um i i don't want to change a thing i want i want cena to beat jbl win the title and go on to jericho because hey we want to get this guy over jericho's great and as we realize that the crowd is turning on our golden child gonna keep things going the way they're going up till one night stand where I know for a fact the fans are going to be booing John Cena and they're going to have heat. It's going to be a big deal. And I'm going to go right for the kill. And I'm, instead of Edge interfering in that match and costing Cena the title, I'm going to pull the old switcheroo on that and I'm going to change it to JBL, who's been kind of warring with ECW and just been the most vocal shit talker about ECW. And I'm having JBL go out there, screw over Rob Van Dam at the Hammerstein Ballroom in front of that insane crowd, and I'm going off the air with JBL and John Cena hugging in the middle of the ring as they're being pelted with all kinds of trash and beers and everything else. And I'm hoping that there's not a full-scale riot, but uh, at the same time, if there is, great. uh, Because, yes, (laughs) the... The next right, the next night on Monday night, I've got John Cena in a suit and a tie 
and the you know the expensive shoes and him and JBL. I'll even give him a goddamn cowboy hat. I don't care. I want to be as obnoxious as humanly possible with this. And I've got John Cena back in regular in his tights and his matching boots and all that bullshit again, looking like a four horseman. You know, just like carrying himself like just the cockiest piece of shit and talking about like who cares yeah i'm i'm leaning into it on the promos who cares about these guys that do all these flips and they do these hammer locks and arm bars i don't care f you i'm getting the belt i'm gonna keep it going and i'm gonna keep that rvd feud going for a little bit i'm gonna let rvd get a title win i am because that needed to happen and he deserved it um, but when that feud's all done and the third match, I'm having Cena walk away with it with JBL there kind of as his henchman there. And then I'm going to go on a parade for the next six months of all the fan favorites. I'm throwing out Eddie Guerrero, Chris Jericho, um, that other Canadian guy. And they're going out there with Cena and they're going <laughs> to, doesn't matter what they do. They're going to out wrestle him all day. And then he's just going to like punch him in the face and cheat and hit the fu one two three it uh you know instead of them you know after the rvd thing they paraded out the parade of giants to try to get cena over they had uh great Kali and they had bobby lashley and umaga and all that and the feud with rated rko no 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 we're not doing that we're killing all the smart mark guys we're killing taker we're like we're just throwing everybody at cena to get this over and uh, my hope is at the end of this, now that Cena's coming into his own, the quality of the matches will be as such that the fans are going to realize that Cena can work now. He's figured it out. And then after this parade of just killing all the smart mark, like, you know, loved, <laughs> you know, all the all the guys that are just loved, the indie darlings, the, the internet darlings, um, hopefully by the time all those matches happen, I've got a little bit of flexibility going with Cena he's gonna really get over and the fans are gonna start to respect his in-ring work and then when we're all said and done we can see where it goes for the next 15 years but uh, I'm definitely doing that heel turn on RVD with JBL like the worst possible guy that the, the guy that really had heat that the fans were never gonna cheer no matter what and that's that's my pitch Ron so why don't I'm... you what, what do you think and then hit me with what uh, you got I love it. I love it a lot because you know you're you're kind of you're kind of going with what I want to do, except you pulled the trigger just you know you know you much you, much earlier than me. Uh, the only thing I would I would tweak, and I'm just and I'm just gonna say what if, because you know what if instead of JBL, what if it was Vince? <laughs> oh. God in the Hammerstein ballroom in front of an ECW crowd, maybe even get Heyman in there to get a low blow just as an extra fuck you. Like, you know, the reason why we're all here is because of me anyway. Ha ha. And here's the real champion. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, he would okay. be absolutely disgusted if the title changed hands in this filthy arena. So like if instead of JBL fucking over uh fucking over R V D, I think what if Vince did it? That'd be like what so. What if Vince did it at yeah. the Hammerstein Ballroom? Yeah, I could see that. It would definitely work. Um, Vince in that arena would just look crazy. I do have to say one thing though, because this is 2006, and you threw Eddie Guerrero's name out there. Unfortunately, he was no longer with us in 2006. 
fair enough. <laughs> but no, but that, that that really doesn't mean anything for for uh, your story because you were just saying the wrestlers, wrestlers yeah, just, yeah, are getting the, thrown yeah, in. Those guys, Regal, yeah. we could throw all the, the, the anybody, yeah, the, yeah, anybody the else, darlings, yeah. because that's literally what the audience was thinking. Oh, anybody else other than the guy we chose, fucking wrestling fans. <laughs> God, I was oh, I, the, I was watching the Raw, you know, pivoting back to Roman. I was watching the Raw where the Shield had that big moment with the right with the Wyatt family. And like they would have like the henchmen climb up to the apron first, big, big, uh, big, uh, big pop. Then they have Bray climb up to the to the apron, and then they would have Roman Reigns climb up to the apron, and then everyone just went sh- ape shit, solidifying that the company was going with Roman eventually, and solidifying that the audience chose Roman. And all of a sudden, yes. two years later, yeah, Roman Reigns. So anyway, that's my that's my little diss track to wrestling fans. Oh yeah, that because. As the shield was happening, it was kind of the last time I was really paying attention, like and not watching every week, but keeping up with WWE and paying attention. And uh, I just I saw it coming. Like I I know like we talked about Roman Reigns all the time, and and I know you said, oh yeah, he's gonna be good. I like him, and I'm like, yeah, but he's just not. He's not there. He's not ready. He could do three things. He's great at those three things, but that's all he can do. Mm-hmm. And the fans just like. I, I, like, it, it played out exactly how I knew it was going to. Yeah. Um, you know, it just was insane to me. I'm like, what are you people mm-hmm. talking about? Like, kind of the same thing with Fandango. Like, oh, this Fandango thing. I'm like, yeah, but he can't work. Like, he's the drizzling shits right now, guys. <laughs> like, you can't. <laughs> I understand that this was entertaining or they did something that popped you, but, like, that doesn't mean they're good. Like, no. No, it, he was an internet meme, and I was on the yeah. bandwagon too. But man, what a WrestleMania debut, though. But my, but speaking of WrestleMania, let's get into my heel turn pitch, and this is this is something that I've like, you know, fantasy booked for years because I've always wondered what could be the good way to do this. So I've decided to pull the trigger much later down the road, uh, right when he was getting the reputation. Uh, are you familiar with? the the internet term for john cena at, at the time called the golden shovel cena's got that golden shovel <laughs> no matter who's coming up cena is going to take that golden shovel and make sure that they don't get to his level and he's going to bury the talent before he they even get to him and that's okay. that, that was his I, reputation I, I, I already like where this is going <laughs> that's the that's the melzer that's the melzer reputation that john cena got in the 2010s he he was the man with the golden shovel so it is wrestlemania monday it, the year is 2014, and we're dubbing this Yeslemania. This is the night after one of the greatest endings oh God, yes. in WrestleMania history when Daniel Bryan became the undisputed champion, getting both belts, beating all of Evolution in one night. It is Yeslemania Monday as we celebrate the long-anticipated WWE Championship reign of Daniel Bryan. Everyone is in attendance to celebrate, and each take time to acknowledge what Bryan had to go through to win the championship. Since the, since the authority was against this very moment from the beginning, the ambassador of the ceremony was John Cena, who amongst the cel- who was amongst the celebrators, and announces to the world that in light of this historic accomplishment, it is time to retire both of these belts and unify them as one entity to solidify the undisputed champion of World Wrestling Entertainment. With that being said, it is my privilege to use this as a platform to make another wish come true. John Cena motions to the entranceway, and Connor the Crusher comes down the ramp to a wonderful ovation, and the brave little fan was handpicked by John Cena 
to present the undisputed championship to Daniel Bryan. As Connor hands Bryan the championship, Bryan, Connor, and Cena all raise their hands in celebration. Before you know it, Triple H's music hits, and he hits the ring and blames the rest of Evolution for not getting the job done. He also mentions that he is at his best when championship gold is on the line. So as the leader of the authority, I am forcing you to face me for that championship here tonight. Daniel Bryan, a fighting champion, doesn't hesitate and accepts. John Cena grabs the mic, though, and starts toying with Triple H with reverse psychology. Okay, so you're the boss. You could just hand yourself championship matches just because you're the boss's son-in-law. Of course. Of course that's what's happening right now. But if you're a real man, you will put some stips on this match to make sure that this is actually fair. If, you would, if what you say is true, that you're better when championship gold is on the line. So how about this? How about we make this a cage match so your goons don't hit the ring? Fine. Done. I can do that. Being Daniel Bryan in a cage, he's not 100% anyway. He had to fight three of us. He's bandaged, he's bandaged up still. Okay, fine. With that being said, since I didn't put that together, and you're so confident, how about I become the special referee since I have the night off? I would love to count the three or watch Bryan escape the cage over you tonight. I would love that so much. And Triple H hesitates, but he says, fine. Let's do it. And we have a main event for WrestleMania Monday. It is Triple H and the new champion, Daniel Bryan, in a cage. And it's a good one. Triple H is all over Bryan. There's no way Bryan is 100% after the night before. Bryan hits Triple H out of nowhere with the knee and starts crawling towards his body for the cover. At that moment, Randy Orton and Batista hit the ring with bolt cutters and start working on the lock. John Cena, unable to address the pin that's happening in the ring kicks the door open at Batista and Orton as they unchain the door and starts chasing them off with the chair and chases them up the ramp. In the ring, Triple H grabs a hold of a pedigree and Brian spins out and puts him in the yes lock. The crowd is going apeshit and just about, and the camera is focused in on Triple H's face and he's about to tap and just before he taps, all you see in the camera view is just the head of a shovel crack the back of Daniel Bryan <laughs> The submission breaks, and, we, and the camera zooms out, and it's John Cena holding the shovel. John Cena, at that moment, before he absorbs the shock of the crowd, starts beating the absolute shit out of Daniel Bryan with this shovel. Wham! Wham! Over and over again, until it starts getting borderline uncomfortable. As he turns around... He stares at the crowd, but then the crowd uproars even more because as we're absorbing what's happening to Daniel Bryan at the hands of John Cena, we hear the sound of the bell and we pan out and it's just Triple H's lifeless, bloody body sitting next to the ring steps because he's escaped the cage and is now your new world champion after one night of celebration for Daniel Bryan becoming the undisputed champion. John Cena continues to beat the crap out of Daniel Bryan, and the audience is just throwing trash, booze, asshole chants, everything. All of a sudden, Connor the Crusher even runs in because the cage oh, door is open, and he just immediately starts consoling a bloody hero of his. He's crying. He's got and Daniel Bryan's lifeless body doesn't even know that he's being consoled by the by the poor sick child. It is at that moment we notice that John Cena turns around and notices that Connor is in the ring holding his lifeless hero. 
And as that moment, we see a twinge of regret in John Cena as he's looking at the shovel he's holding, looking at the audience that's booing him and throwing trash at him, and then looking at the boy who is in tears. And as the boy turns around, because of the gasping uproar of the crowd, he looks over and John Cena is slowly holding the shovel over his head, signifying that he's going to take a swing even at this poor child. And this poor child who is standing there with tears in his eyes and from his perception looking at the man who felt who made him who had made him feel safe at that point for his entire life for his entire existence John Cena has been the ultimate good guy there has been nothing else addressed or changed since then he has always been the good guy and for him to see this happening in front of his eyes John Cena lowers the shovel and takes his hand gets right up in the kid's face and gives him one final you can't see me with the blood of his hero on his hands and then we cut and then we go off the air and then that is the champagne that hits the ship for John Cena's heel turn but I also want to turn this into a run because something that crazy deserves a run I because I think even a heel turn like that eventually the darkest smart mark will eventually cheer this guy <laughs> but who knows but that is my pivotal moment heel turn but after that i want them to i want him to completely lean in to the uh the golden shovel myth because the very next week triple h pulls an eric bischoff to triple h and just awards john cena the title because it was at yes. this moment in real life that daniel bryan was forced to go away for his first concussion injury so he's been he's gone and he's gone because of this moment so the timing lines up perfectly instead of getting his ass beat by kane it's this moment with connor in the ring the shovel and john cena screwing triple h screwing john screwing daniel bryan out of the title after one night and triple h says well i'm not a wrestler technically i just wanted this belt off of daniel bryan because it's, he's not good for business but you know who is good for business John Cena and he always has been so he gives so he gives the title to John Cena and John Cena takes the title and puts it in a garbage can and lights it on fire and then brings back the most hated belt in history the spinner championship and tells the world he tells the world did you guys have a good time was that fun that was fun, right? We finally gave you guys what you thought you wanted. The big chase. The underdog hero. Well, you got it. Now you have a real hero again. Now it's all right again. And you know what? You guys think I have the golden shovel? Sure, why not? Let's 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 call it the golden shovel. It's not the golden shovel. It's a symbol of power. And the power is that I will always be on top because I am the only box office attraction the last 20 years. That's why everyone talks about the Mount Rushmore wrestling. They always go Rock, Hogan, Stone Cold, and then John Cena. And they haven't added a name since. Hello. So we're going to get this piece of trash out of my company. And then and then I'm going to reach back into an old Undertaker storyline. He takes the remains of that belt that was presented to, John, to Daniel Bryan. And he melts it down to gold plate his shovel. And he actually has a golden shovel. We haven't seen a heel have his own weapon since Triple H's sledgehammer. And from here on out, 
John Cena, whenever he's desperate, always goes under the ring to get his golden shovel to bury his opponent because that is the fans' perception of him on the internet. So why don't we make that in writing? And every time someone comes in, he gets immediately buried and has to be tested by losing to John Cena. And my God, the pandemonium of this storyline has dropped my camera once again. <laughs> Cole's face is out of this world. The crowd is going wild. The camera can't contain the awesome storyline that is oh. the John Cena heel turn of the century. My God. And yeah, I was, I was thinking, just, I was thinking I, that I, this actually oh. goes on. Can you imagine if like 2016 rolls around? And like AJ Styles comes out to that big massive pop, but all of a sudden John Cena. And John just, Cena is still a shit heel. Wham! Yeah. Just like before he even gets in the ring, golden shovel to AJ Styles. Oh, I was I was so ready at some point for you <laughs> to have some kind of physicality with Connor. Like I'm oh. just sitting here waiting for Ron to be like. <laughs> and then he hits the cancer kid <laughs> in the face. <laughs> I wrote it. I wrote it several ways. I was like, puts him in an STFU yeah, in yeah. front of Daniel Bryan, and Bryan's yes. reaching out helplessly. Like I even like I, I even like had John Cena like cancel all of his make a wishes going forward. Uh, oh my god! Or like uh, uh, instead of him showing up, he just like sends Stooges with eight by tens. <laughs> oh my god like, like here you go these 8x10s will last a lifetime you won't but you know yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah it's uh I, I i thought about doing physical harm to poor old connor but i thought just the instance that he might do it and then just kind of give him the you can't see me was yeah i think that's in best taste <laughs> yeah i think i think wwe would actually go that far uh and just you know kind of toy with the, the the possibility of it but i was like all right so uh bury the champion bury the the biggest underdog the biggest baby face in quite some time uh send him packing for real because that's when the concussion uh thing started happening and he took a year, took a year off only to come back and retire again for real i uh, think i think i w the only tweak i would i would i would make to yours is it, instead of threatening to hit connor with the shovel he's just he's going to town with the shovel on brian and connor comes in as cena's about to put one final blow to the head connor comes in and dives on him and covers him and cena stops and then gets right in his face and gives him that you can't see me and walks off i think that's probably what we'd uh, need to do with that one <laughs> so we we so you're you're not a fan of just the split second cena cena might strike this child <laughs> i'm just sitting here the whole time going oh god as soon as you said connor i'm like oh god <laughs> yes i saw your i saw your face smirk i was like no he thinks i'm gonna kill a child <laughs> well i mean not murder but you know no. at some point <laughs> uh, some kind but, of physicality <laughs> yeah yeah some kind of physicality oh. but uh yeah oh. i i think uh i would have definitely pulled the trigger on wrestle after wrestlemania on daniel bryan uh, and then lean into the golden shovel myth and actually have him beat the shit out of your favorite wrestlers with a golden shovel. Well, I, I, I absolutely, I, I love it. If we were going to hang on that long uh, to John Cena, just be in the box office and the, the, you know, selling the t-shirts and all that. If we just couldn't walk away from that little bit of extra money we're selling on John Cena merchandise for 
uh, what, nine years of the fans booing him. Uh, I think that's the perfect time and maybe the best possible way. I, I would be concerned that if we did that, if we gave them Brian as the champion for one fucking night and then Cena did that, turned heel, and then the injuries, you know, eventually did catch up with Brian, I'd be concerned that if Brian's not going to get his payback on John Cena, that we'd lose the fans in the long term. <laughs> that would be my only concern. Um, because, you know, Brian did have one title defense against Kane, correct? Yes. Um, and then he called it quits. I, I think if we could have at least got a return match, I would be 100% behind that idea. Well, good. That turn. Good. Let's do that. Because as you recall, I was in attendance at WrestleMania 31 the following year, and Daniel Bryan came back and participated in a ladder match for the Intercontinental title. I think that if we were going the Cena route, Cena go dominates all year with this golden shovel gimmick, and we actually have him face Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania 31, alongside Roman versus Brock. Uh, Roman versus Brock could be its own thing, and Daniel Bryan and John Cena at WrestleMania 31 in that big daylight crowd would be money. I I think if we can get, if as long as we can get that payoff at the next Mania, Cena for the title versus Bryan, and then Bryan finally does overcome. Um, I think that works because yeah, now that you mentioned it, I, I do remember you know the title run was cut short with Kane, and he did make the return, and that's when we got the the fan revolt at the Royal Rumble with Batista was before WrestleMania 31, correct? No, because no, no. no, we got no. That was the year that they turned on Rey Mysterio. That, that now, was the year the fans turned on Mysterio the next year. But like the next year, they thought for sure Brian was winning. Like yeah. they so what, thought what, for what sure happened? he was winning, and he went out super early. Yeah, the Rey Mysterio yeah. and Batista thing was the same Rumble for WrestleMania 30. Then the next year was when, uh, yeah, they eliminated uh, Brian very early, and they yeah, had like 15. And, like they were only at number 15 or some shit. Yeah, and, and they the had Reigns win like, it. Oh. And then yeah. Reigns won that Rumble, and that's when the, they booed The Rock and Reigns out of the building. Yes, that's right. They booed The Rock. Yeah. That's how bad. That's how badly they butchered all of this. So, yes, I can get behind this Cena heel turn as long as the payoff is uh, whatever year 31 was, Brian wins the Royal Rumble and then beats Cena at WrestleMania. I could definitely get behind that. I love it. And if that's the full storyline, I'm good with it. The, like you said, the only tweak I might make is that uh, we don't we don't hint at John Cena wanting to, you know, hit a terminally ill cancer patient child <laughs> with a shovel. Well, if that if that's your if that's <laughs> if that's your wish, I guess we'll make it happen. Well, I <laughs> I, I mean, it is a publicly traded company after all. <laughs> Yes, yes, it is. I think on I one don't of the, think one... even I have the balls to hit a cancer kid in the head with a shovel on national television. I mean, you know, the irony would be if he actually struck him, if if he was cured, he'd probably be the biggest baby face in the world. <laughs> That's true. But uh, I think on one of the stops, I think SummerSlam, we should have John Cena beat The Undertaker in a Buried Alive match. With the golden shovel. That'd be perfect. Absolutely. Like, we even, like, it even becomes John Cena's match, like the Buried Alive match. It has nothing to do with Grim Reapers and ghosts. It's just, a, it's all, it's all wrestling terminology. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Something for the smart fans. 
So I think we got two equally great runs as a heel. Uh, you know, the one night stand, the one night stand debacle is a great time to do it because it's also ballsy because you're doing it in a smaller venue and something that big and historic needs a big with, arena. With crazy, crazy with, fans too. Yeah, that place could sound like an arena. Like, you know those fans were going to be crazy that night. You knew, you. I mean, everyone knew that if RVD didn't win, that it could get scary in that building, honestly. Can you so, imagine, can you imagine if, like, WrestleMania, uh, not WrestleMania Monday, but uh, the, the Monday after One Night Stand, John Cena comes to the ring to enter Sandman from the crowd. <laughs> I don't think I don't think that would be too good for him. Oh. I don't think that would play out very well. Oh, and like like goes to drink a beer but then spits it out because it's gross. Yes, drinking like martinis in a suit on a, like just burying this shit out of ECW. I think it that, that two things could happen there that could have given more life to ecw as well i think you know if they would have as long as they would have focused on it see the problem is when we start talking about this stuff like the reason rvd's title run got cut short was because of the incident with sabu and so like you know unfortunately a lot of times we talk about these things where you know it's things happen that pissed us all off but like in reality there were side situations that the company had no control over and like you really can't have a guy who just got popped with drug paraphernalia and drugs in his car be your world champion. So like, and it just sucks because RVD was kind of the Daniel Bryan of his time. Like he was, I really feel like Rob Van Dam was just as over as Stone Cold was um, while they were existing in the company together. Like he was just oh, as sure. over as Undertaker and Austin and The Rock. Like he was on that level his crowd reaction every time was it was stone cold Steve Austin level. And they finally gave him the title and it was kind of, you know, a night, it was a good moment because it was an ECW reunion show and all this. And so it was a really great moment. Um, but just, I, it's so, I don't want to change that moment, but at the same time, if we got Cena and RVD in a long-term feud, and, and as long as RVD eventually does get the title, I think we can placate it a little bit. But, uh, I, yeah, I think the long-term play um, from One Night Stand would be John Cena going forward, you know, beating Sean, beating Angle, beating all the, the inter internet darlings. I think it would be great in the long term and, and hopefully eventually would make it so we could turn John Cena face and he'd be an even bigger star than he has been for the last 16 years in the purview of professional wrestling. I, I mean, right now he's one of the biggest stars in the world. I don't know if you've seen his new show, um, but you should definitely get on the HBO Max and, and watch, uh, what's it? What's Peacemaker. It? Peacemaker? Yeah. Oh, I did, have I, you I, seen I, it? I very much enjoyed Suicide Squad, the, the, re, the rebirth of Suicide yes. Squad. No, but I have not st started his show yet. Uh, you need to uh, go on the YouTubes right now and just watch the uh, the intro video, like the uh, the 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 music. Just watch the music video that is the intro of this thing, and you will want to watch the whole fucking show. <laughs> I will definitely do so. <laughs> it is fantastic, ladies and gentlemen. If you have not seen the musical intro for uh, Peacemaker, go out of your way. Do it now. It's one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. 
and uh john cena uh, i kind of love him right now i'm not gonna lie <laughs> yeah i mean i can't think of a better way to transition into the go home part of the show other than john cena a, a plug for his show but before we do that we gotta get into what we're gonna be talking about next week because next week we're diving right back into our top tens and uh, we have dubbed february as heart month yes, yes indeed heart month is where it's at and uh, we can uh, scroll down and tell you what we're going to be doing for Heart Month. We are going to be doing the top 10 Bret Hart moments of all time. And that is going to be next week. Following that doozy of a top 10, we're going to be having a two-parter bracket. And we're going to be focusing on, well, a race of wrestlers that the hearts are all over. We're going to be doing the Canadian bracket. And this was something that I kind of pondered in my mind, Cole. And I was like, is there 32? Way more than 32. Yes. My yes, God. We can easily do a 64 bracket yes. for Canadian wrestlers. We're not going to because, you know, it's Canada, but. <laughs> of course. Absolutely. But that is something I'm very excited to do. Um, yeah. February is heart month, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to be shooting sharply about the man. Uh, see what I did there? We're going to be excellently executing great content all through February. I feel like we definitely need to make sure that our guest is not also a Bret Hart homer. Because if we get another Bret Hart guy, then that's going to be two hours of us just <laughs> just kissing up to Bret Hart and no chance of a Darso stealing. Oh, I, I don't know. I don't know. Darsoing Bret Hart in the first round sounds like a fantastic. <laughs> it sounds like a fantastic segment. Oh. Is Mabel Canadian? <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> I forgot to talk about the very last episode of February for Hart Month. And we're going to driving it back to take it up with creative and we're going to be t discussing the subject wrestlemania 10 what could have happened how could we have gotten there if we actually had the match between bret hart versus hulk hogan at madison square oh. garden how the hell did we get there what could have happened what should have happened cole that is one of my dream matches of the century and i'm glad we get to talk about it and see how we can get there finally yes yes that's a great idea uh, I love that. Instead of Hulkster going over to WCW, uh, finally putting over Bret Hart, because let's be honest, ladies and gentlemen, it's our show. So Hogan's going to be finally putting over Bret Hart at WrestleMania 10. I love it, Ronald. Uh, you are on a fire right now with the ideas. So John Cena heel turn. Give us your feedback. Let us know. When would you have turned John Cena heel? Maybe we missed something. Maybe you got a good idea. and We'll talk about it next week on the podcast. Would you strike the cancer kid? <laughs> yes, would you hit Connor over the head with the golden shovel, ladies and gentlemen? Please let us know. Maybe a phantom five-knuckle shuffle. Oh, all right. For Ron Kilborn, I am your host, Cole Dawson, saying thank you, we love you, and good night. Thanks for listening. Find us on Instagram and Twitter at Creative Team Pod or just the Creative Team on Facebook. Follow Cole Dawson on Twitter and Instagram at Cole2130 and follow yours truly on Instagram or Twitter at Ron for Your Life. Number four, we'll see you next week on another episode of The Creative Team. <laughs>